Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's 11 a.m. in the Puget Sound and beyond. Here on 570 KVI, I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, master of mixologist, and commodore of cocktails. Having a great week. We've got some some really fun events coming up. Uh, Thursday, July 10th is Wine Rocks. I've got Proof, the uh, Washington Distillers Guild event at Fremont Studios on Saturday, July 12th. I'm looking ahead the auction of Washington wines. We'll have some great guests coming up uh, in a week or two. Some chefs, the executive director, and more. And then save the date for September 14th. The Seattle and Oregon Wine Awards present the Gold Medal Experience. Check out all the stuff. WineRockSeattle.com, uh, ProofWashington.com, the auction of, auction of WashingtonWines.com, and SeattleWineAwards.com. Got a great show today. Excited about some lovely ladies in the building. Uh, Miss Mina Williams of NorthwestStir.com. Hey, if you're in the restaurant industry and want to learn about what's happening around town with uh, uh, birth announcements, we call it, uh, wine events, uh, great food, menus, happy hours, of course, check out NorthwestStir.com. I also have Mr. Phil Klein, Big Red, uh, my basketball pal uh, from Natchez Heights Vineyards, nhvines.com. We're going to talk about that relatively new AVA and some of those great wines there uh, up on the hills of Yakima. And right now, it's a pleasure to have, uh, wow, 30 years in the business. Uh, from Clipson Vineyards on Red Mountain, Patricia Gellis, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, 30 years. How did that happen? 30 years ago, you planted some vines? Uh, 30 years ago, we thought about planting vines, yes. And um, we just took the plunge, planted 40 acres at a time, and here we are 30 years later with um, two-thirds red and one-third white. So mostly Cabernet on our vineyard, and, but with mostly Bordeaux varieties. Who knew? We only planted the vines that we wanted to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. That's uh, that's easier in case you know they they wouldn't sell. But I imagine uh, I know that growing up in the wine biz here and professionally, Clips and Vineyards has been one of the uh, prestigious vineyards. Uh, you and Ciel de Cheval and Red Willow and uh, Cold Creek, et cetera, et cetera. But Clipson on Red Mountain, and why Red Mountain? Uh, because my husband was working with Jim Holmes and John Williams from Kiona, and uh, Andre Chalachev came up with his nephew, Alex Kalitsin, and said that their Cabernet, Kayona's Cabernet, was the best he'd ever tasted. And so we decided to put our Cabernet right next to theirs. Ah, well, Andre Chalachev, one of the godfathers here, the, the uncle of Washington wine, we might say. We know Dr. Clore and Stan Clark are some of our uh, patriarchs of the industry. So, uh... Glitzen, obviously, is making some great wine, and he's purchased your fruit in the past, right? Is he still buying? No, we actually um, ended our long-term relationship this year because they have... Their own vineyards. Their own vineyards, yeah. yeah. 
Well, um, I know that... Uh, uh, the grapes are sold, though. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, everybody. So how big is Clipson Vineyard now? We're 120 acres on the vine, and we have 230 total. Wow. that's uh, And how... So you started in 80. Was it 81? Four. 84. Oh, it's, yes. Why am I... My math is off. I tell you, this happy 30 hour. 30 years. 30 years. Okay, let's... Yeah, it would be 84. Rock and roar. Love that year. <laughs> Graduated high school. <laughs> Uh, and I hadn't yet tasted wine. I tasted Miller beer, but not yet wine. So, um, so You've fun. You've come a long way. I have come a long way. Look at me. And uh, where have you come from? I hear a tint of an accent. I uh, originally came from London. I moved here, well, moved to Eastern Washington because my husband had a job out at Hanford. Mm. And uh, there was nothing there. It's changed dramatically. But David is not from London. He was actually born in Leicester in England. Oh. Grew up in Canada and moved to L.A. when he was 15. Wow. With with uh, dreams of Hollywood or something? No. No. He's far <laughs> too serious for that. He's a touch serious, but uh, in a good way. Keeps us all level-headed, uh, or at least we have one of them in the group. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, you have uh, just, what, four varietals? Uh, Cab Merlot, Cab Franc, and... No Cab Franc. Oh. I don't like it. Oh. No, we have Cabernet Merlot, Malbec, Syrah, Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, and a tiny little bit of Nebbiolo. Mm. Oh, right. Clips and Nebbiolo. Yeah, and it, uh, it goes down to a winery in Oregon. It does now. It does now. Because I know that Paul Beveridge came out with that first clips in. For many years, yes. And then his vineyard came into production, and so I knew that I had to look elsewhere. Sure. And he's at Not Cheese Heights as well, correct? That's correct, yeah. Uh, we'll have Phil comment on that. Both nice guys. So uh, speaking with Patricia Gellis, the founder, owner of Clipson Vineyards, Clipson.com, you can check out... Who's uh, making great wine uh, out of their vineyards and learn a bit of the history from England. So uh, did you arrive in Seattle, or excuse me, uh, in... Tri-Cities. Tri-Cities before 1984? We, uh, we came in 1974. Well, that's a that's a time clock, a time <laughs> machine, 1974. Wow. I was really, really young. <laughs> yes. Gosh, I was I'm even still more really, so. really you young. You are young at heart and uh, young in person. Um do you like to drink wines from your vineyard? I love to drink wines from my vineyard. It's it's a lot of fun, whites and reds. Yep. And celebrating 30 years, I know that we have a, a, a fun uh, anniversary party uh, coming up here mm -hmm. in August. And I read that there'll be great wines from your cellar, as uh, I would expect, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Will you have some of the Clipson wines? Oh, definitely. Oh, good. That'd be really fun. Uh, to me, it's like a retrospective, because how do you... How do you measure 30 years without opening all that wine? Well, we're just going to have to open all that wine. <laughs> <laughs> By calendar, Chris. Come on, it's that easy <laughs> with your fingers and toes. So um, you've been a part of the wine industry for 30 years, and Clipson has been one of the flagship vineyards from our state, recognized around the country for great quality. Of course, it helps to have great winemakers, and I'm sure you only sell the great winemakers, which uh, helps the brand and helps the identity of Washington and, of course, Clipson. Uh, but you've served on the Washington Wine Commission, and uh, when did you start uh, working with the commission and sharing your expertise? Correct. Um, let's see. I served two terms. I left two years ago. So it it's, was a lot of fun to see it move along. And uh, the transition from Robin Pollard to uh, the executive director, Steve Warner, today. And just 
different working styles, different styles of moving the Washington wine industry along. It has been exciting to uh, just to see the growth and the recognition from not only uh, our local publications and regional, but to, to see the national publications and the national pundits and wine writers. And, and just most recently, Letty Teague seems to be on a roll with Washington. She's uh, She likes Washington. She's been to visit quite a number of times. And, you know, from when we started in 84, it was 20 wineries and now we're... Uh-huh. Uh, over 800 wineries in the state. It's just amazing. Interesting. Last week we had Jamie Piha on the show, mm-hmm. and she was mentioning that she joined the Wine Commission in 1994 when there were 80 wineries. Right. So in 1984, there were 20 wineries, 94, 80, in 2014, 800. Unbelievable. Gosh, it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's infectious, apparently. <laughs> Contagious. <laughs> Contagious, for sure. Um do you have some favorite vintages from your 30-year history there, Eclipson? 1999 was phenomenal. Don't think about it too long. Just give me the first thing that comes out of your... <laughs> Ni- yeah, 99 was a great year. And I think this year will be good because it hasn't been too terribly hot. Ah. Well, I think Red Mountain has uh, just... Is it the warmest site or is it the, one of the cooler sites? I've been told two different things. No, it's one of the warmest sites. Okay. Little microclimate. And then you get... Microclimates within the vineyard, too, so and different vineyards on there. I mean, we have a stretch from where we are all the way up the hill, Red Mountain. So there's a lot of different microclimates on Red Mountain. And Red Mountain is truly a gigantic mountain rivaling Mount Rainier. <laughs> <laughs> What's the elevation of Red Mountain? 1,700 feet? Yes, at the yeah. very top. At the very, very top. They need to plant a flag, an MTV flag or something, or a wine TV. I don't know. What, happy Hour Radio flag. Ah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to Red Mountain and stake my claim with a Happy Hour Radio flag. That would be wonderful. We'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend would say I need to get a hike up there anyway. Jeez, that's for sure. That'd be the first time. But uh, So how many vineyards now in Red Mountain? How many vineyards? I don't know. It's all sold now. Um, there must be 20, sure. I think. And uh, so Kiona, Silvishvall, Hedges, Clipson, you guys were the first four? Uh, well, actually, no, it was Kiona and then us and then a big gap until, and um, Ciel, mm-hmm. correct. And then quite a few years until Hedges moved in. Okay. And now there's Taptiel the and Cadence oh, and yeah. Hightower and Col Solare and Fidelitas. Um, the word's see, out. Cooper. Cooper. And then we have new Canadian neighbors. Oh, yes. The Aquilinis. And uh, they came in and swooped up all the rest of the land and all the water rights too, right? No, no, no. The water is going to be shared among everybody. Okay, You good. just have to pay for it. <laughs> pay to play. Uh, well, um, those grapes need a little couple of drops here and there. It's not much irrigation that goes on, or is there? It's all drip, and they don't need a huge amount of water, not in comparison to orchard fruit. So 1999 was your favorite vintage in Clipson. What, why was that significant? Because I understand 99 was a cooler year Correct. throughout the, the valley, Columbia Valley. And, and I think in those days, the winemakers didn't pick uh, the fruit quite so, so it didn't develop such high alcohol. Mm-hmm. Is that more food-friendly, perhaps, and lasting longer? 
Uh, lucky for me that that was the first vintage that I actually stocked up on Washington wine, Good. and I, I recognize that too in my my youth or naivete. I don't know which it was, but I lucked out, and I still have some bottles here and there of the '99, and uh, they still show well, um, which is really exciting because that's uh, 15 years ago mm. for for now. Um, Good stuff. And uh, why didn't you get into the winemaking biz? Because we were growing grapes, and I had young children at the time, didn't want to be on the road, and I certainly don't want to be on the road now. Mm. Uh, It's much more fun just growing grapes, getting it all sold, much shorter time that I have to worry about anything. So we're done by the end of harvest, and it's... Thanks a lot, guys. See you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you have a vineyard crew or a a vineyard manager that takes care of the the 12 months of work that goes into keeping that fruit great? We have a full-time vineyard manager and a foreman, and then the crew is pretty much with us um, for nine months of the year. Ah, well, you know, they do some great work, and I know it's, uh, we have, uh, we're lucky to have a, very fortunate to have a great group of people that uh, help us with that labor, because it, uh, they, they are, take great pride in making sure that our vines throughout the state are well kept, and it's we good We couldn't to, do without them. No, we can't. We wouldn't so, be in the business. So, cheers to them. Um, speaking with Patricia Gellis of Clipson Vineyards, and you can find some more information at Clipson. Com. Well, Patricia, I had a great time. Um, I want to, I'm looking forward to the 30th anniversary of <laughs> Clipson Vineyards and to try some of that wine. And uh, I understand that your kids, uh, 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 Alicia and uh, Alexander, are both in the wine biz. Correct. Alexander is a winemaker, and he uses our fruit, among others. And Alicia is working for a large wine company. Yes. Uh, one of those good people over there at uh, the Precept Brands. Correct. And... Uh, Alexander makes a verju, which is one of my favorite uh, products, culinary products, a uh, vinegar alternative. That's correct. What's it's it called, Alexander the... Grape. Alexander the well, grape. that's his, also his wine label. Ah, cool. Well, you want to check it out, you get uh, some, some fun stuff. You can use Clipson uh, verju uh, from Alexander Gellis. And uh, Patricia Gellis, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Christopher. Hey, coming up on the show, I still got Mina Williams. Can we get back from this break? I'm going to chat up with Northwestster.com and an old friend, Phil Klein, from Nachi's Heights Vineyards. Hey, if you have a question, don't be afraid to ask at happyhourradio.net. Stick around. We'll be right back. Breaking down the big stories. Glenn Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Having a great time in studio uh, with Patricia Gallis of Clips and Vineyards. Uh, I got Phil Klein coming up from Not Cheese Heights Vineyards, nhvines.com. Talk about all his wine and that new AVA. And right now, Ms. Mina Williams from NorthwestStir.com. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you, Christopher. I'm happy to be here. I've been a big fan of Northwest Stir uh, because it, it really <laughs> it ties the industry together. Uh, you know, you've got uh, um, articles and news bites about uh, all the great chefs, all the cool restaurant openings, all the wine tastings, and uh, some happy hours and things like that. Uh, How did you get that started? 
Well, I started as a young person <laughs> writing about industry articles for trade publications uh, when I was in New York. And I just fell in love with the industry because I love to find out how things work. You know, how do you take Patricia's grapes and make them into Phil's wine and everybody makes money at the end of the day? <laughs> right? <laughs> and did you write on that? Do you have the answer? I'm still working on that. Uh, it's the Holy Grail. <laughs> some editing still, huh? More research, I guess. Well, that's cool. So you're from New York. I am from Seattle. You're from Seattle, but you went to New York. I graduated from the University of Washington in journalism and thought, well, if I'm all that in a bag of chips, I better go to New York. So I moved to New York, and I was there for 14 years, and then moved to the Bay Area, moved to Chicago, and then returned home. Uh, well, lucky us. And uh, I believe I saw you at that uh, School of Communications auction a couple of years ago. Weren't we there? Mm-hmm. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I also grad from the University of Washington in journalism, advertising, marketing, and partying, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably a couple years ahead of you. A couple. Yeah. Um, but I always... Uh, uh, aspired to go back to grad school at some point so I could live the life like I saw Jim Belushi do in Animal House. But to that aside, <laughs> Northwister.com. Tell us what's all in that uh, great online magazine. Well, it's we've formatted it to be the gossip sheet for the hospitality industry um, in... TMZ, huh? mm-hmm, Yeah, Vancouver, B.C., Seattle, and Portland. So if you kind of want to find out what they're doing down in the Rose City, you can log on to www.nwstir.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're planning a trip to Vancouver, you can see what's going on up there. Um, and if you just want a night out on the town and want to know who's closed and who's open. <laughs> Luckily, we have experienced more openings in the last month than closures. So I hope that bodes well for the economy. And when was this uh, online magazine started? It was started as a print publication in 2008. And my husband gave me a certain amount of money and I blew through it in three months. <laughs> it's not an allowance, is it? No. So one of the chefs in Portland noticed that we were no no longer publishing, and he was sad about it and missing the dirt. So he suggested that we take it online. I was afraid in an industry where it's high touch and not high tech that the uh, the chefs and the restaurant managers and owners would not be really embracing online, um, but they pointed out that they were ordering online from the food purveyors and oh uh, right so they said no that's fine we know how to push buttons yeah so you know then you don't put it on your stack of papers and you find it when you can and because it's it's hard to find time especially as a restaurant owner obviously you're working all the time trying to manage payroll etc etc but it's cool i've really enjoyed it i know that uh you're right from the gossip side which i I don't know if I like the term gossip, um, <laughs> uh, but it's just about you know the the update in our industry, and I think it feels really good to see who's opening restaurants, to see what chefs move where, and and unfortunately always we get those closures. But the good thing is you're not putting out the health code violations. <laughs> no, that's online. Um, yeah. yeah, there's yeah. another place you can dirt. get that. Oh well, um, so what's the coolest bar these days opening up? Do you have one in mind that's just uh, popping? Well, I always liked the place I was at last. Oh. 
Yeah. It's like a winemaker. What's your best vintage? Oh, the one I just made. Yeah, the one I just did. And a lot of times it's because of the a certain instance or an element. So Brimmer and Heel Tap, uh, I was there the other night, and I loved the staff. Oh, good. Um, he was just a fabulous bartender, took such care in mixing the cocktails. They use those cute little vessels to craft the cocktail in and then pour it into your glass. Like a, little, a Boston mixer? Or? Kind of a little cut glass. Oh. Oh, it was just so sexy. Mm. It was wonderful. And that's the uh, Brimmer Heel Taps over at the uh, previous Gourmand place. La Bruce Gourmand, Nafferty, yeah, in, in uh, Ballard. Who I worked with back in 1985. Oh, they're such a wonderful couple. They were nice. They're Love great. Them. And uh, that's Jen... Jen Dokes. Jen Doke. We mm-hmm. were just chatting about her with Wine Rocks last week. Yeah. She's uh, founder there. So yeah. cool. Brimmer Heel Tap. Okay, what else? Um, for the surroundings, I kind of have a yin and yang. Um I adore the fireside room at the Sorrento Hotel for oh. those kind of sultry evenings. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you a story. Back when I was dating my sweetheart in college, we would go there when we were 21, order sparkling wine and cognacs and sit by the fire. Like, I don't know where I got that money, but she was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Yang side, I really adore the Knee-High Stocking Company. Um, <laughs> I love the... Uh, Where's this at? It's um, just up on the west side of Capitol Hill. Oh. And you have to knock on the door. It's a speakeasy. Oh. And the the hostess comes out with her clipboard and asks for your name and then leaves you alone on the street. You ring a bell (laughs) and then she'll come back and then escort you in. Uh, So fun. It's yeah, that's a fun experience. Well, I remember um, back in the days when we got off work in the '90s, early '90s, we were at speakeasies. We had real yeah. speakeasies and knocking on doors and having cocktails till four or five a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, having fun. But when we were in our twenties, like eh, that's a way to go. Anyway, <laughs> so that's cool. So all this stuff is available at northwestster.com. Do you have another one? Um, I do because I'm a real um, Sunday brunch or early Sunday dinner. And this weekend... That is a very early dinner. Very, well, <laughs> like three, 11 3, 4 o'clock, oh, okay. you know, when you get up. Um, <laughs> when you get exactly. We were up at Terra Plata. Ah. And my husband ordered a Bloody Mary, and it was one of the best Bloody Marys I've had. It was fresh tomato water. Oh. And you could just taste the essence of the tomatoes. So Tamara Murphy has a great thing going up there. Yeah. And I I can't wait. I might leave right now and go get a Bloody Mary. Well, get two then, because I expect <laughs> you to come back and share that. Well, so fun. Uh, I love the way that you can plug the restaurants, can you know? And, and your research and writing must, have, must be fun as well, because you have to go out and about and do the town and... Meet a lot of new people and... Get see a lot of old people, <laughs> <laughs> old friends. You mean not old, old fr- people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the old Capitol Hill. The old people, or I don't know where they all went, but um, it's so fun. <laughs> and uh, the publication's free, correct? It is free. You can just go and look at it online. If you wish to subscribe, you may. Subscribers get a little notification of special offers. Mm. Um, 
So that's kind of, that's fun. We have trivia contests every now and again to win tickets to events like the picnic for Auction of Washington Wine. Yeah. We'll be fielding that. And like Wine Rocks. Wine we'll Rocks. be fielding that. And Food Fraternity, which is kind of a nice little foodie Get together, yeah. Karen Brown, right? Food opportunity, right? I gotta get her on the on the show. That'll be coming up on the twenty eighth of July. So exciting! Um, it's good to touch base. I know you brought a wine, but uh, uh, tell me about this wine quickly. I'm tasting it, and I, I, I you brought it just for fun, so you wanted to have something to sip on. I love the way you roll. <laughs> well, I I was thinking this morning about some of the events coming up, and one that people in Seattle don't really dial into a lot is the International Pinot Noir Celebration. Uh, This year, it's July 25 to 27 in McMinnville, Oregon. And it's just all about Pinot. Um, There's seminars and tastings. There's gala meals. There's these little intimate lunches. and (laughs) Some of your best friends drinking Pinot. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Intimate. And so I was thinking about one of the lunches that I went to a couple years ago while I was at IPNC. And it was at a a beautiful vineyard uh, just south of McMinnville, owned by Mo and Flora Mezzini. And they're, Hmm. uh, they're Persian. And um, they fled the country, ended up in Georgia, and have made their way to McMinnville. The state of Georgia. The state of Georgia. <laughs> and they are making some of the finest Pinots uh, around. And so I, we were walking the vineyard, and I asked him, gee, you know, the, why does yours taste so much different? And he said, because I use biodynamic practices mm. in making uh, making the wine and grow. Yeah, Got he has horns. a horse and a couple cows. And a lunar calendar. And a bunch of sheep. <laughs> wow. So I I wanted to bring it. Um, and so I was trying to find a bottle and I've obviously consumed it all. So oh. I found another bottle. Well, from- tell you what, hold that thought because when we come back from this break, we'll tell all the listeners what we're drinking. <laughs> and coming up on the show, I've got Phil Klein of Nachi's Heights Vineyards. We're going to talk about a little bit of basketball, talk about Yakima, and talk about the uh, new American viticultural area, relatively new, Nachi's Heights. Uh, and check out his website, nhvines.com. Hey, you're listening to Happy Hour Radio, and we'll be right back. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI want to know weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio here on 570 KVI. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier. Having a great time in studio with Patricia Gellis, the owner and founder of Clipson Vineyards. Clipson.com there on Red Mountain. Coming up, the, up on the show, I've got Phil Klein, the founder of uh, NH Vines, Nachi's Heights Vineyards. And right now, Ms. Mina Williams was talking about the IPNC Festival in July down in McMinnville, Oregon, of which I was at the first one back in 1983. Talk about uh, the wild things in the forest. What's that book? Where the wild things are. It yeah. was that kind of night. <laughs> I had never been so... Oh, that would be the salmon barbecue. It was the salmon barbecue. I'm out there, and there's, every these picnic tables were covered with wine, which was cool for me because I think I was 17. 
uh, <laughs> tipping the bottles. <laughs> but and then you slept in the dorms, and people were snoring. And you know, I think I was probably. Not quite as. Close. They got there... back to their rooms. Yeah, well, they might have, they might have been too deep, one wide. I some, I don't know. So IPNC, yeah, uh, I can't wait to go. When I was uh, the director of wine and spirits at the Rainer Club, we always had the torchlight parade, so I was always busy that weekend. But you brought a Pinot Noir in uh, in honor of the biodynamic biodynamic practices. Who'd you bring? I brought Robert Sinsky Vineyards from Napa. Mm. Um. They produce their wine using biodynamic practices, and I I think you can taste it in the grapes. What do you think? Uh, it's a phenomenal Napa Valley Pinot Noir, uh, but this is probably from Carneros? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good, because I'd say Napa, because that is so bright, it's, good acidity, and it says 09, which I thought was, uh, that was kind of a moderate vintage for Napa, but delicious wine. I think Sinsky, I'm a big Sinsky fan because he's got great length in all of his wines. Not too much oak. Uh, good pro flavor profile. Uh, but I do like California Pinots um, overall uh, because of their very red, bright fruits. But sometimes they're too candied. But this is delicious in the mouth. It is. It is very delicious. I'm glad you brought it. Um, what a treat. Uh, IPNC is in July and we've got uh, Wine Rocks in July and uh, the Auction of Washington Wine. So if you'd like to win some tickets to some of these cool events, I don't know about IPNC, but check out Northwester.com. And Mina Williams, what a treat. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Christopher. Mr. Phil Klein, Big Red, you're a basketball man. I know we've talked about that. And all i got to say is, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. It's we're really happy to be here. Yeah, fun. Um, you know, you for those of you out in uh, Happy Hour Radio Land, you might see Phil. Phil Klein, uh, tall, some uh, sandy red locks, <laughs> and the rose-colored glasses. That's his signature. I'm, Since I 1980. Gotta, 1980. Yeah. I've, I've got uh, fuchsia hair and rose-colored glasses in my studio. <laughs> so fun. Um, you uh, you've been a wine guy for how long? 13 years. And what drew you to that party? You like drinking? You like stomping? What'd you do? This was a midlife crisis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the tree fruit business. My family had been farming for about 60 years in the Yakima Valley, and uh, we decided we wanted to have a little bit more fun in our life. <laughs> uh, like go on the road and uh, worry about distributors and all that stuff? Oh, Is yeah. That we, lo- we love challenges. Uh, well, congratulations. And uh, the family, family farm still exists, or did you buy a new vineyard, pull it out? What happened? We, we are currently on a piece of ground that my grandfather owned. And uh, they came out during the Depression and uh, started uh, farming apples and pears and cherries. And uh, I only have a couple of apple trees and a cherry tree and an apricot tree left. Uh, we, uh, 2002, we, um, we planted a vineyard. We took out the trees in 2000. And, uh, you know, we've been uh, experimenting ever since. In 2002, you said, was right. when did you plant? Well, the original planting was uh, Riesling, Excuse me, it was Pinot Gris and Syrah, and the following year I planted Riesling. And that, what year was that? 2002, and then in okay. 2003 we planted Riesling. And Notches Heights became a American Viticultural Area, or AVA as we call it, in 2011? It was 2012. 12, okay. Yeah, yeah that was a very exciting So 10 years later. It. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense because it takes about 10 years to sort of realize that the fruit is significantly different with the uh, climate. Is that right? Or how does 10 years... 
play into that. I think that's true. I mean, I'm working with the oldest grapes are 13 years old, and I'm more, you know, I'm excited to work with the the older grapes. I mean, we didn't know when we first started it was a big crapshoot. A lot of people said that it couldn't be done. That was a challenge. I accepted the challenge. <laughs> uh, it's no longer Phil's Follies. We're really doing, uh, you know, some extraordinary things up there. Uh, and so... For all those who don't know where Natchez Heights is, take us, you know, I'm driving over the hill, coming into Yakima, then what? Well, the first exit, 31A, will take you to Highway 12, which is the uh, White Pass, uh, Chinook uh, Pass. And right. we are Natchez just, White Pass. Exit. Yeah, we are just, uh, we're closer to Yakima than Natchez. Uh, we're right above the Natchez Valley, and um, we are, uh, eleva- our elevation is... Uh, quite unique as part of the ABA, where you start at 1,400 feet and go all the way up to 2,200 feet. Mm. Is that the highest in the valley, then? Well, you know, I have... For grape, d- grape planting? I, I, I would wager that it is, but I'm not sure. Somebody told me they were growing some uh, grapes up on Stamelt Hill, which is in Wenatchee, and that's about 2,000 feet or higher. Uh, but those are less peaks. Those are more round, right? I mean, those right. hills, yeah. Yeah. And that's over by Lake Chelan anyway, or something right. like that. Yeah. That's cool. So um, did, were you behind the whole uh, application or petition to the TTB? Is that uh, who it is? Actually, Paul Beveridge and I uh, uh, talked about it when we, um, when we, he actually bought some property in 2008, which I planted for him uh, in Natchez Heights. And then he said, you know what we need to do is we need to get an ABA going. And so we started the process then. Um, Paul's a, is an attorney, so it was helpful to have that kind of, you know, uh, abilities to uh, put stuff together. To and, read the fine print. Yeah, yeah. And it took about four years. Um, but we have a very, very unique uh, area. It's uh, it's perhaps the longest uh, anisite flow in the world. And if people are familiar with the geology of eastern Washington, primarily it's uh, lava. Uh, the, uh, the lava that flowed was uh, basalt. Mm-hmm. Basalt. And, yeah. Black. And, yeah, 11 to 17 million years old, uh, and Natchez Heights andesite lava flow came out of the Goat Rocks Wilderness area, and it's only about a million years old. And, the uh, young stuff. Yes, young young dirt. Yeah. Young dirt. Well, um, it must have a great effect on some wines, and I see you brought two wines. The first one is, uh, well, it's a Spanish white grape, and what was the inspiration behind planting Albarino? Uh, I like Albarino, and uh, we're currently growing 31 different grape varietals on 100 acres Wow! property that I own or manage for other people. Did you just throw the darts against the map and say, this is where we're going to plant? Well, you know, I've been working a little bit with Doug McRae on some projects, and he's his new project is all towards the Spanish stuff, and I'm yeah. growing some Graciano and some Tempranillo for him. I've had Doug on the, on the show a couple of times. We'll have him up again, and he mentioned you as being uh, uh, an inspiration behind uh, his move towards the tempranillo. But being a, being a grower, you know, it's always fun to uh, to try new things. And what's been so uh, wonderful for me in the wine industry has been the acceptance and the people that have been so helpful and, and uh, you know, learning how to do this. Because with the tree fruit industry, obviously, the horticulture, viticulture, there's a lot of similarities. But the fine-tuning, you know, it's taken me this long just to kind of get a, a really good grip on how to grow really good wine grapes. Well, uh, I'm impressed tasting this Albarino, and I'm speaking with Phil Klein, the uh, man behind nhvines.com. Uh, him and Paul Beveridge uh, started the Natchez Heights Vineyard AVA, and uh, this Albarino's 2012, good peach, bright acidity. Um, I'm surprised how bright acidity it is, and it's very refreshing uh, for Albarino. So um, 
It's all stainless steel? All stainless steel. We think the elevation, my vineyard's at 1,750 feet, and it goes up to about 1,800 feet. This Albarino is grown on a east-facing slope uh, up against a andesite log, uh, rock butte, and it's protected from the winds. And uh, this was its first crop, so I'm very, very excited you about mean third it. leaf or fourth leaf? This was fourth leaf because the third leaf uh, we froze out. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sometimes farm. You know, it's farming. First, yes. first your money and then your clothes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let me take a sip. And uh, you're the, the primary winemaker for how many cases of wine there at Nachi's? Well, we're up to about 4,500 cases now. And uh, we started out at about 250 in 2006, and uh, we've just been continuing to build the uh, brand. And um, I've I've uh, been fortunate enough to um, understand that you don't get anything for not working at it, and we've been working pretty hard at building this brand, and we think that we've been working with some talented winemakers. My title is uh, uh, not... Uh, I'm the director of winemaking. I'm actually the grape grower. Um, I work with several other uh, wineries in conjunction with what I'm doing. And I'm very fortunate because uh, I'm not passionate about winemaking. I am passionate about growing and I'm passionate about drinking. So uh, so Power Ford's not on that, that title either? <laughs> small forward. Small yeah, forward. Yeah, I'm a, shoot, I'm a shooter. Ah, yes. We're shooting from the hip sometimes. Well, that's exciting. 31, 31 varieties planted on Notches Heights Vineyards. Uh, and when we come back from this break, I know that you brought another wine, a red wine, and I look forward to diving into that. Uh, speaking with Phil Klein of Notches Heights, check out his website, nhvines.com. Um, if you want to move down the street uh, to Red Mountain, check out Clipson.com. And Patricia Gallus has some other grapes. But we come back from this break, I'll check out this red wine on Happy Hour Radio. Home of the Great One, Mark Levin, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, speaking with Mr. Phil Klein of Natchez Heights, Natchez Heights Vineyards, nhvines.com. And Phil, I just had this 2012 Albarino, which is delicious. What's the retail price on that? It's uh, $16. And where can I find that? Esquin or? You can find it Wine at World? Uh, PCC Natural Market. Oh, Jeff Cox. Yeah. Nice call. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, you brought a red wine, too. You said this is a 2011 Nachi's Heights Vineyard Syrah. Tell me about this wine. Well, this Syrah was, uh, when I planted the vineyard in 2002, um, Syrah was one of my f- wines that I really enjoyed, and I figured if I couldn't sell it, I could drink it. Uh, (laughs) Pinot Gris was another one I really enjoy as well. And they they seem to be safe bets. And a lot of people said, well, you know, it's going to be tough. I talked with Mike Sauer out at Red Willow, and he he said, Phil, man, you're even higher than I am. And uh, that area is unknown. And uh, what was fun is a couple years ago, I ran into Mike, and he said, you know, you're you're a pioneer. You're you're like what when I started out there west of, you know, any, anywhere, uh, and uh, it's actually happening. So it's it's kind of fun. This Syrah is, uh, I think, unique because we don't get the heat that you would get in the warmer areas. Um, you know, in 2011, which was a cold year, as every 
everybody might remember from this no summer of no or no summer of Seattle and no summer in eastern Washington. Um, but we did get this uh, nice and you know the ripe ripe point, and um, but I think it shows more of the the uh, uh, feminine side of Syrah. It's more floral and and real spicy, and has nice complexity in the mid palate. Um, we don't use a lot of uh, new oak. It's pretty much neutral oak. Neutral oak. Well, it's delicious, and I agree that uh, it has a, a litheness to it, an elegance. Um, and there's floral notes, but the flavor is there. The, you've got uh, just enough blueberry, boysenberry, um, black fruit, just a hint of black to give it that Syrah texture. Uh, it's not very peppery or spicy per se, but I get a touch of violet, and of course... Um, the mouthfeel is fantastic. For 2011, it's great acidity. I think those wines, and throughout Syrah, uh, I should say, throughout the Valley, uh, 2011 has proved great for Syrah in Washington. As to 2012. Yeah. Well, I think Washington, what's fun about Washington and the industry and as a grower, our ability to grow all of these different grapes and finding these new areas and, and uh you know, the, the infancy of the industry, and hopefully in 30 or 40 years, we'll have a little bit better understanding of, <laughs> you know, what's going on. Yeah, but, we'll still be here, too, won't yeah, we? Right. Yeah, we'll yeah. be talking, I remember, Sonny, when we were. <laughs> well, Mina and Patricia, tell us about the what you think about the straw. What are your comments? I get the black fruit, as you do. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's very different. And from anything from Red Mountain. Yes, yeah, it's... Um, uh, that would be the feminine masculine version, right? Because I think Red Mountain's definitely more power. Well, I think also um, Clips on Vineyard is very masculine. Mm-hmm. Big fruit. And Mina? So, you know, I, I eat with my eyes, I drink with my eyes, and the color <laughs> of this is just fantastic. It's deep and inky with just a little hint of red around the glass. <laughs> we had only uh, 2,300 growing degree days in 2011, so this Syrah was right on the edge. Yeah, that's like zone two, Yeah, isn't and, it? And uh, I don't know what your growing degree days were in 2011, oh. but they were probably a lot higher than 2,300. Off the top of my head, I'm sorry, I can't remember, yeah. but yes, yeah. um, we're closer to 3,000. Which is a big difference yeah. when you're trying to get ripeness. But, uh, Phil, you got the fruit ripe. I think you've uh, you recognized that Syrah is a wine that uh, can handle some oak, but I think the prettiness of the, the grape in the profile comes out when there's less oak on the wine, and it's a great job. What does this retail for? It retails for $20. Mm. Uh, that's a great deal. You've got some great bargains. Uh, I should say some great values. Uh, I like the the way your labels have evolved. Um, I like the Albarino label, nice and clean. Uh, just highlights the NHV and it also the uh, variety, which is easy, so it stands out. It pops. Uh, good job. Thanks for uh, joining me. If we want to find these wines, and how many wines are you making? Well, we're making uh, five core wines. We do a Riesling, a Pinot Gris, a Syrah. We do a Tempranillo and a Cabernet Franc. Mm. Um, and uh, you can find them primarily in the Seattle market. Thank you all great people of Seattle for your support. <laughs> uh, but uh, a lot of the wine shops, and I mentioned PCC, we're in quite a few of the QFCs and Metropolitan Markets. And uh, all right. we're still working on it. You got you know, some distribution. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, for all those out there in Happy Hour Radio Land, you can check out these wines on nhvines.com. Phil Klein. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, it's been my pleasure, Christopher. What a great show. Thanks, Patricia Gellis and Miss Mina Williams with NorthwestStir.com. Uh, coming up next week, I've got Jeffrey Schaff and Ben Perry from ZigZag. Uh, we're going to talk about a very old 
I should say, but very storied spirit company called Lucas Bowles. Also got some friends over in Spokane. going to chat about the Spokane Winery Association. Um, and, of course, uh, a very special super secret guest from the Auction of Washington Wines. Hey, if you want to get out and about, don't forget Wine Rocks July 10th at Bell Harbor. And Proof at the Fremont Studios, ProofWashington.com and Wine Rocks Seattle. Hey, had a, hope you had a great time. Join us every week here, Saturdays at 11 on 570 KVI. And remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.